Well, turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. That's where we uh, were last week and want to continue to look this week. And really verses 7 through 13. We looked at some of these in the sermon last Sunday. But these are some, some, some gospel truths that the Apostle Paul is, is writing to Timothy about uh, to keep in mind, to encourage us, to motivate us uh, when maybe we're scared or fearful uh, in this life. And he says, beginning in verse 7, we'll read through verse 13. He says, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sakes, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Uh, these are things that Paul is wanting Timothy, and through extension, his ministry and all disciples of all ages to consider. Things he wants them to remember. Remember what I've said. Consider what I've said to you. Remember that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Remember that we're enduring these things for the benefit of others. And I wanted to focus on verses 11 through 13 this morning, where he says, It's a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. This is one of the four, I believe there's four faithful sayings that Paul uses uh, in his uh, epistles to the ministry. In 1 Timothy, there's two. In 2 Timothy, there's one. And in the book of Titus, chapter 3, uh, there's another faithful saying. You can go home and read those tonight. My Probably my favorite is 1 Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. <laughs> if you ever want to know why did Jesus Christ come into the world, the Apostle Paul says there is a trustworthy statement that is worthy of everybody to accept this fact that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. <laughs> And then I love the attitude with which he exhibits himself. He says, of, which I, of whom I am chief. You know, that's not what I plan to preach on today, but if we all came into Vestavia Church with the attitude that I am the chief of sinners and Jesus Christ came to save me, we'd be doing all right, wouldn't we? That'd be a good attitude to have. But here's another faithful saying that he's going to say, this is, these, are, these are trustworthy statements um, that the early church uh, would have known. You know, the early church didn't have the New Testament writings that we have. Of course, they had Old Testament writings, but these are things that Paul is wanting the church to know. It's not that it's more true than any other scripture, but these are faithful, trustworthy statements that you can take to the bank. And so he, he begins, uh, well, there, there's going to be really four things in this statement that I want to look at. Uh, the, the first is what he talks about our result of, of our position in Jesus Christ. And then he, then, he, then he moves on to one that's kind of our motivation. Why should we continue in faithfulness and discipleship and righteousness? It's a motivation for that. Then he gives us a really a sober warning uh, regarding our faithfulness or our commitment, our level of commitment to Jesus. And then I think he gives us a very comforting fact uh, regarding God's faithfulness to us. 
So let's begin to look at this faithful statement this morning and look at uh, the, we'll start with the result of our position in Christ. He says, for if you, if, if we currently be dead with him, so that is if we died together with him, we shall, that's a future statement, we shall also live with him. See, it is our position in Christ that's going to lead to our future eternity with Christ, right? It's where we were in Christ that determines where we will be with Christ. There's a theological term that people use, federal headship. You may have seen this. It's like somebody represents you, right? We understand this in our country. We have, um, uh, let's say our senators. If you're in Alabama, it's uh, Richard Shelby and Tommy Tuberville. When they vote on issues, they represent you, right? Well, when Adam was born, when Adam was not born, when Adam was created, he, we, we, we were represented. He was our federal head. And the Bible would, and, and so the same thing would be true with Jesus. So if Adam represented us in the garden, Jesus represented us at the cross. And so you will see this, uh, the word, I don't guess the word federal headship is ever used in the Bible, but you will see where when when Adam sinned, that made us a sinner. Y'all see that? Everyone, everyone that has that has come into the world after Adam, except for the Lord Jesus Christ, who was um, he was he was born of a virgin, he was sinless. But other than the the Lord Jesus Christ, every man, every woman that's ever been born into the world was a sinner, because what he did impacted all whom he represented. Was the same with Jesus. If, if you were in Jesus, if you're represented by Jesus, if He was your representative, what He did on the cross, the benefits of that are passed down to all that He represented. All right, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, this is Romans chapter 5 and verse 19. You have to turn there, but it says, For as one man's disobedience, that was Adam, many were made sinners. The whole human race was impacted uh, by the disobedience of Adam. But it says, So by the obedience of of one, that is Christ, shall many be made righteous. And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here to Timothy. This faithful saying is saying that, that salvation was secured for God's people not because of what they know or who they know or how they act, but because of who represented them at the cross. Does that make sense this morning? It's um, you, could, you could go to like 1 Corinthians. You'll see where... He talks to those who are sanctified in Christ. You'll get this message of in Christ, in Jesus, all throughout the Bible, right? Uh, the, the very end of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, for, for, um, it, it, but it's of Him that you're in Jesus Christ. Uh, you go to the book of Ephesians. Uh, you'll just see over and over, in Christ. Spiritual blessings will become to us because we're in Christ. You go to Jude. We talked about this two or three weeks ago. Uh, we are preserved not because... We're in our good works or in our righteousness. We were preserved in Jesus Christ. We talked about it matters who you were preserved in or what you are preserved in. So when we, when we take that and, and understand what that means, that means when Jesus died, you were represented there in Jesus, right? When Jesus suffered for, for sin, somebody who had never sinned, <laughs> isn't that amazing? That's an amazing story, isn't it? That somebody, you want to talk about a superhero, guys. That's a superhero. 
That's 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 a motivational story that I'm afraid we get bored with from time to time. Do any of y'all get bored with that from time to time? And you think you want you want to watch, you know, is there something else that we can watch, something else that can fill our attention? Why should we look anywhere else than this? The one who actually took your sins, and because you were placed in him, represented by him, the sins that should have been imputed to you were imputed to him. And, and then uh, you can see Paul will say it. John will say it. He is now the propitiation for your sins. What does that mean? That the wrath of God was satisfied on Jesus for those that are in Him. And so when He died, it was like you had died for your sins because He represented you. He took on your sins. He took on your failures. He took on uh, the weakness that you had. So we can go to like Colossians chapter 3. We'll look at this for just a moment. It says, if, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, if, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. <laughs> when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Why could you ever appear with God in glory? Because you... Are, are sinless now. Does that make sense? Your sins have been remitted through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Look at 1 Peter. Let's look at what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll begin speaking of Christ. He says in verse 22, he says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges rightfully. Who his, who his own self bare our sins in His own body on the tree. How could that be? That He bore our sins in Himself. Because when God was looking at Jesus, He was looking at His children. I love to think about that. You know, when Jesus went in, I believe it's Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. When Jesus is baptized, and the dove descends, the Holy Spirit descends, and you hear a voice from heaven saying, this is My beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Let me tell you something, child of God. If you get nothing else out of this message today, when Jesus, when God looks at you, He doesn't look at, 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 at Gavin or Josh through the one that's just uh, stumbling through life, <laughs> messing up through life, the one who just can't seem to get it together. He's looking at you through the blood of His Son, the one whom He said, I am well pleased. So when He looks at you today, He doesn't look at your failure. He doesn't, and we've all got them, right? He doesn't look at the, at the times that you said, I'm going to do this, but you did something else. <laughs> he looks at you through the lens. And this is, it takes faith to believe this and to understand this, but this is the Gospel. He looks at you through the lens of the blood of His Son. And when He sees Gavin or He sees me or He sees any of you here today, He says, that is my beloved son. That is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. And that is happening right now. He says, see, Paul says, if we be dead with Him right now, he says there's something future that's going to happen. If we be dead with Him, we shall also live with Him. <laughs> he says because when Christ suffered for your sins, because when He became the propitiation to end the wrath of God for His people, there was something else that was going to happen. One day you can live with Him forever. Because you're in Him, you can be with Him. Does that make sense this morning? I love that. You could have never spent eternity with a, a thrice holy God if you were, if you were stained with sin. But, but thanks be to God that He chose to send His Son to, to remit those sins for you. And so Paul says this is a faithful saying. This is something that we should all know. If we be dead with Him, 
we shall also live with him. And then he moves to the next statement, which I believe is, is motivation for all of us if we to persevere, to, 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 be, to live righteously, to walk in discipleship. He says this, if we suffer, if, if we have to be treated ill, ill will towards us, if we have to endure shame, if we have to, those things that, that Paul was saying, I endure all these things for the elect's sake. If we have to endure whatever it may be, Paul was beaten, Paul was without food, Paul was mocked, Paul was ridiculed, Paul was imprisoned, whatever it may be in our life. He says, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. That is to be a co-regent with Christ. Now think about this. The, the first thing that we can learn is suffering is common for the child of God. We live in a time and in a, a place in this world that is unique really in human history where we don't really worry about suffering for our faith, right? None of you this morning woke up and were scared if the government was going to come get us or if somebody was going to um, imprison us for what we're doing here today. Thank God for that, right? But that is not how it has been throughout history and probably not how it will be throughout history. There will come a time, more than likely, where the, 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 the people of God, even in our country, suffer. Jesus told His disciples, He says, these things I've spoken unto you that in Me you might have peace. In this world ye shall have tribulation. You know what that means? Persecution. Hard times. Trouble. He says, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That's John 16.33. Jesus wanted His people to know that if you're going to follow Me, things are going to... You're not... I don't know what it may be here in America. You're not going to be as cool around some people. You're not going to be invited to some parties. or Heaven forbid. We've seen it now that you could be persecuted by those that are in power, that you could be wrongly accused of things. It can happen. But we shouldn't, we shouldn't think, oh, that's so weird when it happens. We should expect it to happen, right? The Apostle Paul said, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It shall happen. Some, if you follow Jesus with all your heart, you're going to miss out on something that other people that weren't following Jesus wouldn't miss out on. Does that make sense? You may get the promotion that somebody else, or you may not get the promotion that somebody that doesn't follow Jesus, that doesn't mind if they fudge the numbers or do this or, or, or work so long that their family dwindles at home. You know, that's a, that is a, that is, let me just tell you this, that is a, a sneaky sin. Work. A lot, of pe a lot of people in 2022 worship their work. We ought to work hard, shouldn't we? But how many people, we got a lot of people that, that worship their work and they play when they come to worship, <laughs> don't they? Most of the time, whatever seems so, there are things, like you got to work. I mean, it's, work, was, work was invented before the fall, right? God intended for man to be productive, to be fruitful, to multiply. But child of God, there's probably a lot of things on your to-do list that could wait. If you got a little boy or a little girl or a wife at home or a family that needs love, we shouldn't sacrifice our families on the altar of success in the business world. Do you all agree with that this morning? But we're going to suffer some things. 
But when we suffer, I think it's important that we understand that suffering, God uses suffering to draw us closer to Him. And it's also important to keep in mind and remember what's waiting for us on the other side of this life, right? The, the, the Apostle Paul would talk about, this is Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope makes not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. James said this, James 1, 2 and 4, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know, God's given us faith. God's given us uh, the ability to have peace and joy and long-suffering and meekness and all the fruit of His Spirit. But it's kind of like a muscle. If you never work it out, it just dwindles away, right? So there are things that happen to you in this life that God uses to strengthen your faith, to strengthen your long-suffering. You say, this person's getting on my nerves. <laughs> Any of y'all ever said that? <laughs> well, think about it this way. God's using that person to strengthen your patience. <laughs> we could really it, A lot of life depends on how we look at things, isn't it? the attitude which we bring to the situation. If we think, this, uh, my boss is hard on me. My coworker is so annoying. My wife, husband, I don't know. <laughs> well, God's given them to you. And if you're in that situation, see, y'all, Carrie's got a lot of patience. <laughs> God gave her a big mess to handle. <laughs> God will, but God will. Look, look God doesn't, God doesn't, um, God's not the cause of all things. All the abortions that have taken place in this country over the last 50 years, God hates that. Murders, God hates that. But you know, God can bring good out of all things. I believe that. God can, God can, God can. Can, can overrule things in such a way that, that it, it may not be good for you and it may not be good what's going on, but God in, in His providence can do good for you. Does that make sense? See, we don't, wanna, we, don't, we don't want to accuse God of doing things that God didn't do. When the Israelites were sacrificing their children to the gods of this world, He says, it never entered into my mind that you would do it. You know, people have asked questions of me and other ministers that I know that, that it's, it's almost, we live in such a weird world where so many weird things are going on. It's almost like, what would the Word of God say about this situation? You think, I don't know that the Word of God even talks about this situation. I'm sure, it, I know it does. There's a way you could find out, but it's almost like God said, there's no way people could be as crazy as they are in 2022. <laughs> it really is. But whatever comes your way, whatever suffering you may be going through today, there's a God, number one, who can get you through it. And there's a God, number two, that can help you come out stronger on the other side. Do you all agree with that? And if ultimately that suffering leads to your death, you know what the Apostle Paul said? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. <laughs> he said, I'm in, a, I'm in a tough place. I'm in a twix between two things. He said, I have a desire to go to part and to be with Christ, which is far better. <laughs> 
He said, but to be here with you, this is paraphrasing now in Philippians chapter 1, but to be here with you is more needful at this time. And so we need to keep that in mind. We need to understand that suffering draws us nearer to God, but remember what's waiting for us. Something the Apostle Paul said is far better. <laughs> we're going to, Sister Harris Jones, we're going to read her memorial letter here in a moment at our business meeting. And, and uh, the, the last time I saw her, we were, I won't say exactly what she said about this world, but she said, it's in a mess. And I said, I agree, Sister Harris. <laughs> but she said, you know, I'm about ready to get out of here. <laughs> and I want to tell you something that she told me. See, I never got to worship with Sister Harris Jones uh, in this life. But we talked about, uh, we, we talked about church and, 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 and she was, from, from all understanding, a faithful woman when she could be here to attend church. And she know what she told me. Now listen to this, especially for the young folks. Now this is a lady who was, who, who was blind, laying in a bed in a nursing home. And you know, you think, how do you get through that? And she said, I'm drawing interest off the memories that I made in church years ago. <laughs> you think, why do I get up this morning to go to church? Why do I get up this morning to go be around God's people? Well, there may come a day when you can't do it. And you can lay there like Sister Harris and draw interest off the memories that you made today. I love that. <laughs> but he says, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Now, listen. Now, here's something. This, this ought to sober us up. <laughs> he says, if we deny him, he also will deny us. Um, that word deny means to reject, to disown, not to receive something, not to embrace something or someone. And so Paul is saying if we deny God, deny Christ, he will also deny us. Now first, I want to understand this. I want you to see the words that he's using in this statement. If we... If we deny him, he also will deny us. He's talking about blood-bought children of God, right? The Apostle Paul, Timothy, by extension, all of us, his ministry throughout the years, disciples of Christ. He's not talking about godless, reprobate people that hate Jesus, right? They can do nothing but deny Jesus. Do you understand that? They... they if you, if you are void of the Spirit of God, if you have not been born again, the, the Gospel is foolish, utter absurdity to you. That's, that's through the Word of God will tell you that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Those that, are, those that are perishing right now in their sins, it is foolishness unto them. But, to a child of God, to me and you today, people that have been baptized in the name of Jesus, that are trying to follow Jesus Christ, that are trying to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, that are trying to be disciples, there is a real threat to us, especially when we're suffering, to, to let go and no longer embrace the Lord that we once loved. And so Paul says here, if we reject Him, if we deny Him, He will also deny us. You can, I, won't, I, I know I need to speed along here, but you can go to the, like the parable of the sower. And you know there are certain groups uh, that 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 would um, 
fall away from the gospel at certain times. And there's a group of them that when tribulation came, when persecution and tribulation come, they no longer follow Jesus. See, we've got to, when, when hard times come, we've got a decision to make. Am I going to press into this thing that I say is so important to me? Or am I going to withdraw from this thing that I say is so important to me? And those blessings that I talked about in suffering, where your faith grows, your temperance grows, your joy grows, your meekness grows, your long-suffering, whatever grows, it's not going to grow if you, if you fall apart and say, you know what, this whole Jesus thing just not working for me. And this is a real threat to people like you and me, right? The Apostle Paul, who said that I am the chief of sinners, knew that it was possible that even he could fail to embrace Jesus Christ. He said, if we... I love that he didn't say, Timothy, if you do it, if y'all do it... You know, most of the time, when I'm, when I'm preaching to you all, I'm preaching to me. Y'all understand that, right? When, when Paul said in, in, in chapter 2 and verse 6 that the husbandman that labors must be first partaker of the fruits, a lot of that is the message that I need, I've already preached to myself, now I'm preaching it to you. <laughs> Y'all understand that? When hard times come, think about how many marriages have failed because a little hardship came and you just said, that's enough. I'm out. There's a lot of marriages that could have been saved if we'd have just pressed into the gospel. I'm not saying all of them. How about when you're at a church? You know what churches, you know what church people are good at doing? Fighting with one another. <laughs> if you're not in the right attitude and you're not in the gospel, let me tell you, the devil is a roaring lion. I bet he comes by here once a week saying, Who can I? Who can I get to cause a little trouble in this church? Because a little leaven, it'll mess up the whole lump, won't it? Think about that. That's for real. Think about your marriage. The devil's looking. What can, what can I? He knows your weaknesses. And churches get to fighting. Churches get divided. What's the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the first thing that a lot of people want to do? I'm out. See, we live in a... In, in, look... It is, you need to find a church that you love and plug into it. I, and, and you need to hold on for dear life. <laughs> you don't need to cause trouble, though. If you're going to be a heretic, you know what a heretic is? It's, it's somebody that causes schisms. You need to get out. Y'all agree with that? <laughs> but if you found a church that you love, here's my advice to you. Join that thing and, and hold on for dear life and love it with all you got. How, how, how much healthier would our churches be if everybody, when you saw a problem, you know what? If you want to find some problems with the church, it doesn't take long to start finding them, does it? You want to find problems with people in the church? It don't take long to start finding them. We're sinners, right? Y'all ever, ever known you were wrong? You ever been in an argument and you know you're wrong, but you just take the side as if you were right because you don't want to be wrong? I was doing that recently. <laughs> and I wasn't getting very far <laughs> with my dear wife. And you know what I finally said? 
I said, Carrie, I just, I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm a sinner. <laughs> and I'm trying to justify my sin. <laughs> and it wasn't anything big before y'all wonder what happened. <laughs> I can't remember what it was about. But I'm such a sinner that I like to be right. But if you just back away from it, let go, you got to press in. I mean, you could find so much. I'm serious, so much. You could find, you can find a lot that's right with the church, by the way. Y'all know that? If you start looking for it, you say there's nothing right with your marriage, start looking for things that are right in your marriage. You say there's nothing good about my job. Look at the food you're eating. You ever thought about that? I had a fellow tell me one time, he said that the primitive Baptist church, they're just not evangelistic enough. I'm out. And I thought that's the least evangelistic thing you could possibly do. <laughs> Think about that. To leave. No, plug in and love it. Plug, plug in and love your church with everything you got. The local church, I'm telling y'all, of all the organizations, this is not what I intended to preach about, but of all the organizations in the world, the local church is the most important one. It's more important than your job. I'm not, it's not more important than your family. I'm not saying that. You love your family well. If you're not loving your family well, you're not going to have a healthy church. Y'all understand that? The family is the bedrock of society. That's why, that's why people hate it so much. Because if you can destroy the family, you can not only destroy the church, you can destroy a society, right? But you ought to be plugged into your local church because it strengthens you. I heard a guy one time, he said, if your church decides to have a cockfight, you better bring a rooster because you need to be involved in your local church. <laughs> you just be involved with your church. But he says, if we deny Him, if we reject Him, listen to this, He also will deny us. In the book of Matthew chapter 10, the Lord Jesus Christ is sending out His disciples to preach. And He says, I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. He says, beware of men. And He's going to tell them about there's going to, they are going to experience extreme difficulty when they go through this. Now listen to what He says in verse 25. Or verse 22, he says, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. That sounds a lot like that verse we looked at last week, where he says, You need to endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation that's in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He's saying, Now he's saying to saved men who are going out to preach the gospel that if you'll endure to the end, you'll be saved. That certainly couldn't be talking about heaven. People that are already going to heaven enduring something to be saved. Y'all see that this morning. But he says there is a deliverance. If you don't fall away because of the persecution that you're going to face, you will experience the blessings of God. But he goes on. Let's, let's begin in verse 28. He says, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What he's saying there is, don't, what Timothy was experiencing was fear. Y'all understand that? Paul, Paul said unto him in verse 7 of, of chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, 
God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But he was experiencing these wolves. He was a sheep in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And I'm going to tell you, child of God, when you're out in the world and you're trying to live the life, you are a sheep in the midst of wolves. And it can be hard, right? But, but a lot of our trouble comes in to when we begin fearing man and we quit fearing God. As the proverb says, the fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. It will trick you. And what is a trap ultimately for hunting, right? To kill you and destroy you. And what, what, what Jesus is telling His disciples before they go out is, don't fear what man can do to you. Fear Me. Fear God. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Is it not to fear God? He says, listen to this. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? That's half a penny. That's nothing. And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. <laughs> you think Jesus is not intimately familiar with what's going on in your life he says the very hairs of your head he loves you he says in i believe in matthew chapter 6 that you can't turn one hair white one hair black something like that we don't people that have no power to do anything like that he loves you so much he knows every hair on your head he says fear ye not therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows if you really believe that, that God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son to die for you on a cross, that you were really purchased with the precious blood of Jesus, then what in the world, why in the world would we think that God's going to leave us now? You ever thought about that? Why in the world would we think God's left me in this situation? God has forsaken me in this situation. God doesn't love me anymore. Why would you think that if He sent His own Son to die for you? He says you're of much more value than many sparrows. Now listen to this, verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. I like to think about this. Do y'all remember when Brother Luke was here a few weeks ago? We had communion and he, 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 we were, we were going to wash feet. And he said he thinks about from time to time there are so much going on in the world and God sees it all, right? A sparrow can't fall on the ground without God knowing about it. God sees all the wickedness that you can't handle. By the way, that's probably why some of us have anxiety issues because we are watching the worldwide news. We're not supposed to know what's going on halfway around the world. <laughs> We're not capable of understanding it all or taking it all in. Only God can do that. But God sees everything that's going on in this world, all the evil. But, but Brother Luke said, but for just a moment, he's probably looking down on Vestavia thinking, I'm, I'm accepting what's going on there today. I'm pleased about what's going on there today. I'm going to tell you, when you confess Jesus, when you, when you teach your children, when you make the effort to come to church, when you say, no, I'm not going to participate in that because I have a Lord who bought me with His blood. When I'm... No, I'm, I'm going to do this because I have a Lord. Or I'm not going to do this because I have a Lord. You publicly show your faith. I believe that Jesus is up in heaven saying, That's, See, Father? Look at Him. There's one. Don't show... If there's just... How many of y'all think, This whole world is a mess. <laughs> Are there any? Was that Elijah that said, Are there any that haven't bowed their knee to Baal? 
Well, I don't know how many are left, but why don't you be the one, right? Why don't we be the one? And when we do that, Jesus is saying that if you're confessing Me, I'm going to confess you before the Father which is in heaven. But verse 33 says, But whosoever shall deny Me, whosoever shall see the persecution coming, and he once loved Me, insomuch that these were going out to preach His Word, but now they've just let Him slip away. How many of y'all have embraced Jesus so tightly? You felt so at peace with Him and so close to Him, but something happened. Sometimes it's a slow fade away, isn't it? It's kind of like Titanic. Y'all remember that movie Titanic where that girl was on the, the door or something? And, and Leonardo DiCaprio, I can't remember his name, he just slowly faded away. I've always wondered, why couldn't two people get on that door? Y'all ever wondered that? That door was big enough for two people. And she just kind of lets him fade away. Sometimes our discipleship's like that, right? We just fade slowly away. And you wake up one day, and one day you were coming out of this water, and you were so fired up and so much zeal, and, and you, a year later, you've just faded away. You're denying Him. He says, but whosoever shall deny Me before men, him will I also deny before My Father which is in heaven. See, if we just let Him fade away, you know what God will do? He's still watching out for you. He still cares for you. God knows what's best for you, by the way. And a lot of times God will just let you fade away and He will withdraw His presence from your life. And the blessings that you could have experienced. How many blessings do you think you've experienced in your life because you were on fire, you were zealous, you were doing what God has called you to do and He's blessing you because of that. But you stop doing that and you think, where did God go? <laughs> A lot of us say, where did God go in my life? Brother Mark just said, he just stole my point. He didn't leave us. <laughs> we left Him. There's, there's a song in our hymnal called, Oh, for a closer walk with God. William Cowper says, where is the, listen to the words here, where is the blessedness that I knew when I first saw the Lord? Where is the soul refreshing view of Jesus and His Word? What peaceful hours I once enjoyed. How sweet their memory still, but they have left an aching void this world can never fill. I can't tell you, as a, as a pastor, I try to reach out. we got people that are members of this church, people that aren't members of this church, people that I know need to be in the house of God, need to be in their Bibles, need to be amongst prayer. And, and I will try to shepherd them the best way I know how. And, and, and a lot of times... I get two reactions from a lot of people. Number one, they'll lie and they'll say, I'm in the, one of the best spiritual conditions I've ever been in my life. Hadn't been to church in 10 years. You cannot be in the best spiritual condition you've ever been in your life if you're not in a church. Or number two, some of them will be real honest. Say, I've just lost it. And I'll try to say, there's a way to get it back. Because guess what? You become... You, you, and the flip side is so true. If you deny him, he'll deny you. If you turn around and embrace him again, he's like the prodigal son's father. He's waiting for you to come home. Y'all understand that? So today, if you feel like God is so, the, the service is so dry, and I don't want to read my Bible, and I don't want to pray, and I don't feel the love of God, don't blame it on God. 
Turn around and embrace Him. And come back to Him. That's, it's happened in my life. Over and over and over and over and over again. Some of y'all are saying it's happened in your life, hasn't it too? And it never fails. When I finally get down on my knees and I say, Lord, I don't know. Well, I'm letting my job get in the way. I'm letting my family get in the way. I'm letting life get in the way of you. And I want you. Guess what? He is faithful to come back and say, I'm here. Don't y'all just love our God? Listen to this comforting fact. i, I got to close out here. It says, it says, if we, if we deny Him, He will also deny us. That's very sobering. But listen to this. If we believe not. Now listen to what Paul's saying here. Not only is Paul saying, I can let that, that the Apostle Paul. <laughs> I mean, was there ever been a stud bigger than the Apostle Paul outside of Jesus Christ? But he says, if we believe not. If we betray Him, if we become unfaithful, if we get to the point in which we say, you know what, I don't even believe any of that anymore. <laughs> he says, if we believe not, yet He abides faithful, He cannot. Y'all get these words now. This is Scripture. Cannot. Does not have the ability. He cannot deny Himself. Here's what that means. He cannot act in such a way to contradict His character or the promises He has already made in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. He cannot be unfaithful to His covenant. You see, our salvation to heaven isn't based on what we believe, how we act, or how we persevere. It is completely, completely dependent on how God acts. What God does. And you could even say how God perseveres because He's going to persevere to the end. <laughs> There's been many of God's children that didn't make it to the end. Lot made a mess of his life, didn't he? The Bible says he was righteous. He's singing, he's singing a new song today to Jesus Christ. Did y'all know that? Solomon made a wreck of his life. Saul made a wreck of his life. David made a wreck of his life. And you know, a lot of times we snub our nose up at people and we say, they've made a wreck of their life. And then we say, David, he was such a great guy, wasn't he? That's because we're high-minded sometimes, aren't we? A lot of us have made a wreck of our lives. But that doesn't stop God from loving you. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 3, I believe it's verse 3, it says, what if, what if some should not believe? Shall that make the faith of God without effect? It's a question. And he answers in the strongest terms possible. He says, God forbid. Let God be true and every man a liar. I, I am... I am um, I'm, I'm telling you, the thought of me leaving my Lord and Him withdrawing His presence from me scares me. But the comforting fact that even if I do that, He's still going to love me to the end gives me so much comfort. Does that give you all comfort this morning? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for this day. Thank You for the many blessings of this life. Thank You for a church family for this building that we can come in and be cool,
when it's hot and we can be warm when it's cold and we can be sheltered from the wind and the rain and worship you freely without fear that man will come in and stop us from doing this. Help, help us to understand what a blessing we have, Lord. Help us to plug into our church. Help us to plug into our families. Just help us, God, to not be distracted by the things of this world and to, and to focus on you and to understand that you love us with an everlasting love and to feel the peace that that brings. Open doors of opportunity for us here in Birmingham, Alabama with our friends, our families, our neighbors, coworkers, people we don't even know, that you would open doors that we could speak of the gospel of his finished work. Not that Jesus made a way, but Jesus is the way. Let that message go forth in Birmingham, Alabama, and so that others would be feel the peace that we've experienced through the gospel. Lord, I pray uh, for the rest of the service, for our time of fellowship here today, that we would grow closer together and would love one another. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.